fit to go with them. Uh, that's all I have this time. So I know we got a group of people outside there, like Dennis Stanville. <laughs> but um, pray that they'll uh, be in. Um, I'm not going to re. I'm not going to reread the text. I'm just going to pick up where I left off and uh, just keep going in here because I've got uh, about as much as I had this morning still here. Um, you know, we uh, we've come to the point to where that um, Elijah has met his his task. Is what what is. That was his task. His task was to see that um, uh, that um, to to meet Ahab and to go and challenge those false prophets. Now, um, you know that's a task. It really is. It's a task when um, you know uh, when you sit down and. Maybe you talk to someone who teaches. I, I, I interviewed a, um, a, a full-blooded uh, worshiping Jew doctor, Jewish doctor, when uh, I was writing a paper when I was in school. And uh, I went and interviewed him. And I asked him, I, I say, I tell you, it was tough. I knew I was going to go do it, but somebody, somewhere, sometime, I had to get the, uh, get up the uh, what it took to go talk to him, and and so I got a meeting with him, and I sat down and talked with him, and he uh, he asked me, you know, um, asked me where I was from, what I was doing, and I told him I was writing a paper. And I said, I just want to know if you'll give me an interview. And he said, uh, sure. And um, so I got talking about Jesus. He said, who's that? Uh, I said, uh, Jesus Christ. He said, I don't know a Jesus Christ. He said, uh, he said, far as I know, he said, the Messiah has not come yet. And uh, now this was back in uh, the the late sixties. He said, as "Far as I know, the Messiah hasn't come yet." Now I'm gonna tell you now when you when when he said those words, it gets difficult to uh, keep talking to someone. And uh, but it it takes it. Well, this is the way Elijah was with Ahab. Elijah. Elijah got up the authority and the and, and the te- the spiritual fortitude to go and talk to Ahab, but uh, Ahab fired back at him and uh, concerning his troubler of of Israel. And but Elijah stood up to him, and and Elijah said that uh, you and your father and and of course, I imagine he probably added his wicked wife in there with him. But he said, "You and your father are the troublers, not me." And so that's the point. That's where we are right now. They just met, and they talked about the um, 
the troubles. Now, let's, let's start right here. This is a lesson that each of us can learn today. You know, we become troublers of the Lord's church sometimes, people do. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's, that's what happens sometimes. You know, when you, when you go to meet somebody and, and, and somebody will accuse you of being the troubler and then you turn around and tell them, no, you're the troubler. And, and then you've got you a discussion on hand and a, a very difficult discussion. You know, we, we can learn sometimes, you know, we've come to the point now in, in, in life that we just rather not talk to anybody when it comes to that. We'd rather not say anything, rather not say anything. You know, the Bible talks about, uh, uh, that preachers are equipped to, uh, uh, to, uh, correct and, and, and such and those things, uh, but you know, it's hard to do that anymore. It's a difficult thing to do. It's become, you know, it's almost like you have to pray four or five days before you go talk to even, uh, even one of your, Supposedly friends in the ministry or friends, uh, 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 in the Lord. Uh, but you just, you just don't, uh, go to anybody anymore and say, well, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're doing things that's wrong and it's, and it's affecting your whole church. I've, I've had to do that. And, um, I've always said it like this when, when somebody does something that, that troubles uh, uh, something else, then and if there if if it's a truth, then they are the troublemakers. But Elijah was not. Matter of fact, Elijah was a was a very meek person. And you're going to learn as we go further on into this because I'm going to go right out of Elijah right on into Elisha, and uh, that be later on. But you'll find that these. One one of the things that e- Elisha wanted was he wanted a uh, portion of the spirit of Elijah, and that spirit of Elijah was a spirit of of one of being meek, and and one of being a, a person who did what God would have him to do. He did it and, and everything, but then when he faced up to the enemy of Israel, one of the very enemies of the righteousness of Israel was Ahab then then he had he had something on uh in, in mind and we're going we're going to learn this now I won't I won't get into it today because uh th- this this message is about when he met Eli, Eli, uh, Ahab but now next week lord willing we're going to get into uh what 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 the challenge was that he had challenged them to and we're going to start on it, some of it today, but we'll get into the rest of it next week. You know, there, there are many things out there in the world today that tries to draw us away from the Lord and, and His service, uh, and, um, and, and, and it's the devil himself. You know, we wonder sometimes some people say, well, the devil is working in my life when something terrible happens. That's not necessarily so. Let me tell you, the devil doesn't work. The devil doesn't come out uh, in uh, style of the devil. 
he comes out, he comes out in a style of a, of, of a one in sheep's clothing. And you got, got to be careful of those things because those things do happen. Those, those things happen. Some, somebody may look, may look, uh, pretty nice and pretty calm and pretty collective about things, but, but sometimes you got to realize that sometimes the devil approaches us in that matter. Now, um, I'm, I'm gonna tell this. I don't know. Rhonda knows I've said it before, but, um, I got a message on my phone, my, my little old phone here, uh, this, uh, one here that I have to look at the contacts every now and then to see everything's still straight. You know, you see everybody else got their phone out dead doing this and all this. I just look at it, but I have a, a, a little old, I, I can get a message on this and, uh, barely can read it. Little old tiny print. Barely can read it. And, uh, but I got a message the other night. This woman said that she wanted me to meet her. Well, she never left a number or nothing. I was telling Rhonda about it. Well, the very next day, I was telling the mayor. I was telling the mayor about it. He said, you know what? He said, what time was that? I said, it was about, uh, Probably about 10 o'clock, about 9 o'clock at night, 8, 39 o'clock. He said, well, I got one too. And says, same thing. And, uh, you know, that's, that stuff has to be of the devil. You know, why, why would, why would, why would somebody send me something like that? And why would somebody send the mayor like that at the same time, except we drank coffee together? And, and you know, the devil, the devil has ways of doing things that we don't realize. And I've mentioned several times, you know, here sometime back, I preached against the devil. I said, look for problems. I said, they're going to come. Because the devil appears in a way that none of us recognize. The devil might, the devil may be talking to us right tomorrow and we not know it, that that's him talking to us. May be the devil sent in some way, just like I stated in in the words of wisdom. You know how how many instruments does the devil have out there today? There was a time when the devil spoke directly. I told you the voice of the dead, the voice of Satan. You know there was a time when he spoke directly, but he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do that. He does it through deception. He does it through these things, and so when. Um, when Elijah had to go meet Ahab, and Ahab knew Elijah, Elijah knew that Ahab knew Elijah. I don't know that Obadiah knew that Ahab knew, knew Elijah, but Ahab had heard of Elijah, and and he called him a troubler, and he he uh, got right back with him, said, "No, you're the troubler, you know." But every backslider is a troubler of the Lord's church. You know, when we, when we get backslidden, we can become troublers. Well, Ahab, I, I told you earlier this morning, I told you that Ahab was a saved man. He was one of God's anointed people because God chose him to be the, the king over Israel. Now, his daddy was a wicked man. Uh, Ahab's daddy was a wicked king, but he, God chose Ahab, 
uh, to become king because he, he, was a, he was a righteous man. Well, what happened to him? Well, he married Jezebel to start with. And, uh, and as a result of it, you know, the devil just began to work and began to work and he wound up being, uh, uh actually being, being a, a wicked king rather than a, than a great king of Israel. But he was, what, what did he do? How did he get to that point? He had to backslide from what Jehovah God, what he, what he believed about Jehovah God. And so that's a point in which uh, sometimes it comes to that way. Uh, there, there's a, there's a problem with, uh, some of the secret things that, uh, uh, you know, uh, all, all the time that Elijah was being prepared, um, Jezebel was lining up prophets and killing them. And, and, and Elijah didn't know what he was going to face when he went. He didn't know what he was going to face. He didn't know what he was going to face. And, uh, and that's the reason that uh, Obadiah told him, said, I can't go and tell him that you're still alive and he wants to, that you want to meet him because he said you're supposed to be, in other words, you're supposed to be dead. And because uh, they killed, they thought they'd killed out all the prophets of God. And if you remember, if you remember what Jesus said to those Pharisees in the, in the 23rd chapter of the book of Matthew, Jesus told those Pharisees that I sent the prophets to you. What'd you do with them? You killed them. I sent the prophets to you and you killed them. Well, what's the difference? And, and God sending a, a righteous man today to somebody and, and him getting killed before he ever gets there. It's a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing. Dangerous thing, dangerous thing today it was a dangerous thing for Elijah to have to go and face with Ahab knowing that he was still alive. Can you imagine when Ahab went home and he told, uh, he told Jezebel, said, I met with Elijah the prophet. And Jezebel said, well, I'll get him. You, you, you can rest assured I'll get him. I thought I, I thought I had gotten him. But, uh, but she said, I'll get him. But instead, we're going to see probably next week, what did Elijah do? He turned and he challenged the very prophets of, 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 um, Ahab and, uh, Jezebel to a duel. Of who, who really was the truth. Who was really the true, the true prophet, the true person. He challenged them to that and we'll get into that next week, uh, for sure. Elijah's boldness, which God prepared him, for which God prepared him, made the prophet make the next move in his quest to follow the, the leading of, uh, of a holy and just God. Elijah challenged the king and Jezebel's 450 false prophets and the 400 prophets of the groves, that is, the ones who decorate the trees, as is taught by Nehemiah. That's what they did. They'd go out and decorate the trees, and they put lights in them, and they would worship under those trees out there. They were the prophets of the groves. They were all wicked uh, false prophets. But there was 400 of them and there's 450, uh, uh, false prophets of Jezebel. And he, instead of him, instead of Jezebel getting him, he got them. 
and uh, the story is goes 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 from there. Now, um, uh, the ones who we said decorate the trees uh, is taught in Nehemiah's day for worship to a battle. Uh, he he challenged them for worship to a battle of spirituality on Mount Carmel as a place where he was chosen to go. That was what that was. When, when Elijah learned that God was sending him to Mount Carmel, that's when Elijah really, really began to shake in his boots because he knew what was on Mount Carmel. He knew that's where their place was. He knew that's where their, their worship place was. He knew that's where the groves were. He knew that's where Jezebel, Jezebel, uh, uh, really, uh, really loved that place and loved that false worship and such there. But he was going in the midst of them. Who, who else did that? The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul went to where religion was the very center of everything. That's when he went to, uh, when he went to Athens and, and, and there held Mars Hill is where Paul stood and preached to that bunch of religion, religiousness people there. He preached to them. See, this is not, Elijah's not the first one that's had to do things like that. And, 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 and I won't be the last one that has to do things like that. Uh, th- there will be those that will follow me that'll have to do things like that. And, uh, so Elijah wasn't the first one. Uh, Paul wasn't the last one. But, um, but they had to go and face their enemy, their spiritual enemy face to face. God demanded that. God, God demanded that they do that, and He prepared them to go and do that. God's not just going to send you out there w- without being uh, uh, without being um, prepared to go. Now, it was uh, it is a fact that we need we need a lot of Elijahs today who will take a strong stand, and we have a lot of weak Ahabs, but very few strong Elijahs today. A lot of weak Ahabs today who people who won't stand up and take a stand. They won't take a stand for nothing. And, and they, they try to kill their foes. Uh, who, who does that? Uh, uh, ISIS does that. Uh, the, the Is- Islam religion, if you don't agree with them, they'll kill you. You know, if you don't, if you don't agree, if, if you don't agree with them, they'll kill you. Well, Elijah was in some bad, bad positions right here. God had sent him there. And he was in some bad, bad things. And he had to put his trust in God or he couldn't, he could, he wouldn't have made it there. He had to put his trust in God when he called out, as we'll see next week, when he called out unto, uh, unto his God to, 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 uh, uh, come down and, and, and show that he is who he is and that Elijah is who he is. And of course we all know it happened. This is the truth. We keep trying to be good for those who, we keep trying to be good to those who teach untruth. Also for those who teach truth, we, uh, we, we try to treat them all the same, but sometimes you have to stand up to it. You have to take a stand for it. It is either truth or it is not truth. The one man of, of, of God among thousands was, was intensely practical. Elijah knew, as all of us know, that no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one 
and despise the other, ye cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6, verse 24, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you can't, you can't straddle the fence. All we think today, we can straddle the fence. We think today that it won't hurt anything if we get into this ecumenical thing. Just, just touch in it. Won't hurt anything. That's what they're saying today. It's not going to hurt anything. What's that, what's that going to hurt you, Paul Jackson, if you don't want to step in and, and, and be a part of this thing that's going on today? It's a terrible thing, folks. It's, it's a weakening of the Lord's church and, and it's, and it's, if it wasn't for God promising that a church would always be here, it's almost for the, for the destroying of the Lord's church. Because the church is almost destroyed today among many, many Baptists and, and many, many people that we have. The church is, is not mentioned today. The church is not mentioned today. You've got, you've got these Reformed Baptists going around today. They never mention the church. Never mention anything about the church. Never mention anything about church truth. Never talk anything about that. Somebody has got to stand up to that. Somebody has got to stand up to that and, and, and not uh, join in with it, but stand up to it, uh, to, to be against it. But, you know, um, the thing I don't understand today is, you know, just like Elijah's day, there's a day coming when, when all of uh, God's uh, children are going to be, uh, you're either going to be, if you're still living, you're going to be martyred because if you take a strong stand, you're going to lose your life. That's coming, folks, just as sure as we're standing here today. That's coming. You know, if you don't want to, but but see, they don't worry about that because they are straddling the fence. They're walking on both sides of the fence, but you hear more about this side of the fence, which is the, uh, which is the, reform side of the fence than you do about this side of the fence which is the church you hear more about the other you, you, don't, you don't hear people saying I love my church I tell you what, what, what amazes me and I'm going to tell you this what amazes me is to read these people even though their churches may not be as sound as they should be but they love their church they love their church they, they love the church. Rhonda Rossbrook's one of them. She loves her church. She, cause she talks about it all the time. There's people, they, they, they love, she loves her church. But I tell you, our churches are about gone for the lack of love for the church. They're about gone. They really are. They're about gone. They're about gone. You know, some, I feel like a, I, sometimes I feel like a lone voice crying in the wilderness nowadays. Because I know what some of them are saying. And I'm going to tell you this. I had somebody come to me in Michigan. And I'm going to tell you this. I mean, this is talking about what, what, what we're in today and what Elijah was going into. Uh, I had somebody come to me in Michigan and said, you need to sure up your people. I said, why is that? said, these others are getting to them. And I said, what do you know? He said, I know more about your people than you do. You think that don't hurt? 
You think that you don't you think that doesn't want you to bow up? This one when when somebody comes to you at a Bible conference and tells you that. Let me tell you folks, this is something. You better take a stand for your church or your church is going to die. It's going to die. When people are warning you, when people are warning you, it's going to die. When people are warning you of that. Now, I don't know if you folks know it or not, but these people have vowed and declared that they're going to destroy every one of our kind of churches before it's all over. Yeah. You say, well, that's, that's not that bad. Uh, the, well, it is that bad to me because I love the Lord's church and I love the teachings of the Lord's church and I, I love to teach the teachings of the Lord's church. Well, I can preach on the sovereignty of God any day of the week. I can stand up to anybody preaching on the sovereignty of God. But I also want to preach about the Lord's church. It's a dangerous thing today. That's what we're up against. That's what we're in. We're, 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 we're in amongst those kind of things that's going on today. You know, well, what was it somebody said when they came after the Jews? I was quiet about it. I didn't say anything. When they came after these people, I was quiet. I didn't say anything. But now they're after me. Now they're after me. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly the position that God put Elijah in when he sent Elijah among that bunch of false prophets to, to, to challenge them. God had all that set up to challenge them to the fact of who is the true religions. It's, it's the prophets of of of, of, of of Jezebel, who they, they she feeds them at their table. The Bible says that they eat at her table. She feeds them her table. Oh man, I, don't you come up against me? I got all my I got all my preachers right here. I've got all my preachers right here. Don't you come up against me. Well, guess what Elijah did? He went up against all of her preachers. And they said of his daddy, who was for the groves, Elijah's daddy had to go up against what his own daddy believed and thought about those prophets of the groves. If you'll remember, there was one, there was one preacher, there was one king that tore the groves down. What king was that? Hezekiah. Hezekiah destroyed the groves. But then there came a, a king along after him and he restored them and brought them back. Now Elijah was going up on something that happened years ago, many years ago. Now he's being confronted with it. The, the position that his God has put him in. Elijah brought the God that both claimed, I'm sorry, Elijah brought the God that both claimed to serve into the challenge. Elijah said, let's don't just, let's don't just challenge me, let's bring God into it. Let's bring the God I serve into it. Oh. 
Are you close enough to God that you could ask God to take care of you if you, if you get uh, attacked? Are you close enough to God to, 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 to say that, well, now, you know, I know God will stand up for me here. Are you close enough to God to do that? Well, at this time, Elijah had been prepared and he was close enough to God to, to believe, really believe that God's going to take care of him if he makes a challenge like he did. Make a challenge like he did. <clears throat> it is, is it not better to test our salvation and our principles of truth while we still, while we're still healthy than to him haul around until the death dew is on the brow and the death rattles in the throat? Then, then we try to, we try to convince people that we've been sound people all of our life? Or, no, we try to convince God that we've been sound people all of our life. Lord, you know, you know I've been, I've gone to church every day. Lord, you know I've done all this. And Lord, you know that now that, that, uh, I, I, I'm going to get to go to heaven. Do you know God that well? The Bible says of Abraham, says by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And that, and, and that had received a promise, offered up his only begotten son. Abraham had that promise that God gave him. And I'm telling you about that promise today, that God, when you take a stand, God is going to take a stand with you. He's going to take a stand with you. He's going to fight your battles for you. God will... Uh, at this time, Elijah was not a bit concerned about what was going to happen to him. Not a bit concerned about what was going to happen to him. He just knew that he, he was doing what his God would have him do. He knew he was doing it. It's a wonderful thing to know that you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing to, to know that you're doing what God wants you to do. That's a beautiful thing. That's the reason I've said many times, I've got three sureties in my life. One of them is God saved me. God called me to preach, and I'm exactly where God wants me right now. Or I'd be somewhere else. Exactly where God wants me right now. Can you say that? Can you say that of a surety? I believe, I believe most of you can say that, that you're exactly where God wants you right now, or you wouldn't be here. Why can't why can't we we take a stand? Why can't we why can't we keep taking a stand on, on what we believe and what we've been taught? You remember uh, uh, what uh, what it said in Hebrews? It said we got let's keep in mind what we've been taught, lest we find ourselves slipping. You know, re- remember this. Elijah knew what the principles of the untruth of the false prophets were, for they served Balaam, the god of fire. He knew that. So what did he challenge them with? Fire. He said, y'all serve the god of fire. Let's just challenge you. I just want to challenge you to fire. 
That's what he did. You'll see that next week. You know, he challenged them with fire. At midday, when the sun was the hottest, the false prophets got frantic and leaped upon the altar as if they themselves were ready to be sacrificed for their false faith. Oh, they stood up, they ready. We, we go, we, we, we gonna, Jezebel, we gonna meet this man. Jezebel, we gonna take care of this man for you. That's what the 450 prophets were thinking in their heart. Those 400 prophets of the groves, they said, we're gonna stand up this man. This man has preached enough against our false worship. We're gonna stand up to him. And so Elijah said, well, since y'all, since you all serve Balaam, then said, Balaam is the god of fire. Said, we're going to do it with fire. And that's exactly what he did it with. Exactly what he did it with. Their god was a voiceless myth of their own imagination. The two opinions were that of man and God's. God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. That is still true today. Your planning is not God's planning. Your ways are not God's ways. Your opinions are not God's truth. You, we have opinions about things, that, but that's not God's truth. Everybody has their own opinion. That's not God's truth. God's truth is God's truth, according to hearing the Word of God. What it is, what it. What, what it's all about. It's, it's there. All right. Let's, uh, let's be dismissed. I'm on, I'm done.